0: Today, wherever you're listening from, and welcome to Indoor Air Quality Radio (IAQ Radio) on Friday, September twenty-first, twenty twelve. Episode two fifty-seven is being broadcast live from our studio in McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania. My name is Cliff Slotnick, known as the Z-Man. Today, my co-host, Radio Joe, Hughes, is on business in the windy city and. He's on the line, so he'll be checking in with us as well. And at the controls is our engineer, Roxy V, Val Bender. Hi. Today's segments include the IAQ Radio trivia question, an interview with our guest, Brian Barca, who's in studio with us today, a news update from Radio Joe, and roundup with our technical director, Dr. Dietrich Weil. Remember, I write and post a blog after each show. Check it out at our website, www.iaqradio.com. Now it's time to thank our marquee sponsors. Net Claims Now, providing
1: insurance billing services for the restoration industry for fire, water, mold, and reconstruction billing. Learn more about them at www.netclaimsnow.com.
0: Indoor Environment Connections the newspaper for the IAQ industry. Subscriptions and advertising information are available at ieconnections.com John Don
1: Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at www.johndon.com
0: Clean Facts and Cleaning and Maintenance Management Magazine, your source for cleaning and maintenance news. Visit them at Clean, C L E A N F A X dot com, and C M M online dot com. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of IEQ radio when you inquire about their services and products. To listen live, follow the link on your show invitation or to go to the show button on our website. Remember, you can stream or download archived shows from the website. The show can also be downloaded from iTunes. Don't forget, you can earn ABIHCM points, IICRC continuing education credits, or ACAC renewal credits by emailing Radio Joe and requesting the quiz. Remember, Radio Joe's email is joe.use at iaqtraining.com. Last but not least, please visit the IAQ Radio Training Institute for the schedule of the training courses you trust at iaqtraining.com. Win a cool prize by outcompeting fellow IAQ Radio listeners and being the first person to correctly answer the IAQ Radio trivia question each week. Submitting your answer is easy. Email it to cslotnick at cs.com, or if you're listening to the show live via your computer, text in your answer. Congratulations. <laughs> to Andy Krozowski, Concast Metal Products, Mars PA, for being the first listener to define... I'm sorry, to provide the etymology or origin for the word asthma. Asthma comes from the Greek short breath or panting. The IAQ Radio Trivia Question for Friday, September 21st, 2012, has been sponsored by Triska, the Tri-State Restorers and Specialty Cleaners Association, who have been serving the needs of and advocating for their members for over thirty years. Triska is your link to industry training certification standards and events. Check out their new electronic membership category at their website www.trsca.org. Now for this week's trivia question. Name the former professional baseball player and current front office executive who has applied statistical analysis known as sabermetrics to baseball players and who was the subject of both a book and a movie. Today's guest is Brian Barca. Brian was born and raised in Munhall, Pennsylvania, and started playing baseball at the age of four. He played for Steel Valley High School, and after graduation, attended Point Park University, where he played shortstop, center field, and pitched. He's worked extensively with Richie Smith, one of the top hitting instructors in Florida, and also spent the winter of 2002-2003 playing baseball in the Dominican Republic. During his senior year of college, he worked in baseball operations for the Pittsburgh Pirates, assisting daily in their scouting and player development departments. In addition to his baseball background, Brian's worked significantly in the education field. He's both worked in the classroom and on the business side evaluating teachers. He also studied human behavior in Los Angeles under the tutelage of Howard Fine, one of the top acting and personal coaches in the entertainment industry. How about some intro music for Brian? Good afternoon, Brian. Welcome. I'm glad that uh, we're both in the same city and you could come out and it's good.
2: Yeah, yeah, I definitely appreciate it, Cliff. I appreciate you having me on. I think uh, that there are a lot of commonalities in what we do and hopefully today we can we can talk about how they translate to all aspects of our life and including business and baseball instruction.
0: Yeah, previously, uh, we we typically do technical shows on on technical subjects, and occasionally I find a a good business subject that I think makes sense. And I think what you do and how you do it and unique perspectives um, are going to really help our audience a lot. Well, let's start out and tell me a little bit about the importance of knowledge and mental preparation, how they fit together.
2: Uh, well, it's something that was really important to us when we were creating our, our business training camp, Baseball. And uh, the camp part, obviously, stands for knowledge and mental preparation, uh, the K uh, for knowledge. Uh, but what we were looking to do is to do something a little bit different. You know, I think in all aspects of instruction, there's the physical movements. Uh, and today the, the, the mental part of the game is more important than ever. Uh, but it's about, you know, creating an environment, I think, where a player can truly or develop – um, it's more of an education. I mean, that's the best way I can describe it.
0: Well, is it just teaching them an athletic skill or does what they learn when they work with you uh, impact and affect their lives in other ways?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the goal. You know, when someone comes in, we always say it's more than baseball. You know, and, and, and that's where I think the commonality um, with business is so prevalent because we see it right now with young players in how well they do in school. Uh, and then the older players, as they graduate school and if they 're not going to continue their career, you know going off into the workforce
0: okay, all right. Um, what can baseball teach us, I guess about business and about life
2: well there's obviously the the competition end of it, you know no matter how we look at it, life is a, a competition one way or the other you 're always competing against other people. Um, but I think uh, the hard work. Into the hard work that goes into being successful in both. Uh, and I think understanding that there's a, a value in everything that you do. You know, you make mistakes in business, you make mistakes in baseball. There's a true value there. And if, if you allow yourself to accept that and embrace that, uh, that's when you can understand that it really is a journey and, and you're on your way to great places.
0: Um, so you have to make mistakes in order to learn and, and progress?
2: Certainly, certainly. And I and, You know, I would say to to kind of sum up what uh, the biggest similarity between the two is, is the fact that, you know, we're not regulated by our external circumstances. And until we realize that, true growth can occur.
0: Okay. Let's talk a little bit about game day and preparing for game day. Any unique tips or, you know, suggestions for the audience for, getting ready for game day you know it doesn't have to be a baseball game it's when you're making the pre- pre- presentation it can be when you're you know doing a job interview you know when you're trying to get a new client
2: well first of all that's a great question and it's a great uh point that you make because you know we every day truly is a big game day right i mean we're always you know doing things not to be mediocre but to make a difference and i think if you're going to make a difference um for yourself you got to be comfortable you got to prepare um, number one, and we all know it, you've you got to make sure you get the sleep. you know, you got to make sure that you have the proper nutrition. But I think beyond that and, and kind of going back to this idea that we're not regulated by our external circumstances, you really need to trust the work that you put in. You, know, you have to trust your ability if you want to succeed. And I think today, which, which hinders most people is, uh, you know, they move forward, is the fact that things of the past consume them. And they believe that they're actually regulated by them. I mean, it affects future performance. So, if you are going to succeed on a big game day, uh, number one, you have to understand that, and um, you know, number two, you you, you just you got to trust the work that you put in.
0: Can you give an example of how something from the past could affect the future?
2: Uh, well, maybe if you mind, we'll, we'll go the baseball route first. Sure. Uh, so, say say a player's up, and uh, they struck out. So here they are with with strike three. And now they're out and they have to wait their next turn. Um, that might be in the field, right? I mean, people say it all the time. Don't, don't take what happened to you at the plate out to the field where you might make an error or to the pitching mound where you lose your control. In business, um, how about the meeting that didn't didn't go all that great or you, di- you didn't feel it went great and, and that meeting occurred at 11 and you have another big presentation at 1? You know, what's your response to that? Are, are you able to to get back into the present moment to, to again trust the work that you put in believe that you belong there and, and execute
0: but how do you get out I mean you know you're in this funk because you just struck out and then you have to you know go out onto the field or you you made a presentation and it didn't go anywhere near as well as you wanted it to and you know you're you're kind of not feeling well you're you're a little bit de- depressed you're upset you know you're emotional I mean how do you you know how do you you know, click into the next gear. I mean, how do you put it behind you?
2: Okay, so, so we're talking here about uh, being present, right? Being present right where you're at. That the only thing that matters is what's occurring in that moment. Um, one of the the things that, that that I always talk about, whether it's with players, uh, with parents, with coaches, is the fact that in the case of the, 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 the kid who strikes out, you know, strike three doesn't have any ability to regulate because all that happened was there, there was a pitch. You know, we as human beings are the one that assigned a value to it, right? So when you take a young kid, maybe two years old, if you're out in the backyard and, you know, whether you toss it to them and they, and they hit a home run or they swing and miss, at two years old, their reaction is, ha-ha, again, right? Throw it again, again. But not too long after that, we introduce the fact that strike three is bad. And theoretically is, I guess, because you have to go sit down. You're out, right? But what, what if we taught it a different way, you know, that strike three had a value? Because you have to know what you can hit, right? Take a little kid and say, just swing away, even no matter where it's at, because they have to understand um, what they can hit and, and what they can't hit. So going back, because um, it is certainly a, a pretty deep subject, it's the fact that, you know, each new moment is a new opportunity, and, um, you know, it's about taking advantage, taking advantage of that. I know so, we're going to delve into it
0: a little bit. Sure, but, I mean, often. let's just go back for one more second before we move on. So what can I learn from Strike 3? I mean, I, you know, like it was I, – I would realize what I did wrong and, and correct it or adjust for that situation in the future?
2: Sure. Essentially, I mean, that's, that's what you're doing okay. with anything. You know, if you had that meeting and it didn't go so well – you know, I always ask ask people, you know, what worked, what didn't, and why. You know, and when you ask yourselves that question, um, and you kind of limit justifying why things happened the way they did, I think that that's when you can truly move forward and not be consumed by it, where it's affecting you at whatever it is you're going to do next.
0: You know, sometimes I use the term, and I know that this has upset a couple people that I work, work with, failure analysis, you know, something doesn't work well, and we just look at it as, failure analysis. And I think after hearing you say what you just said, I think I'm going to call it post-performance analysis because, you know, we are learning from it. And it doesn't mean that, you know, we failed. It's just, I think, I think I'm going to change my terminology to post-performance analysis. Do
2: do you mind if I I just add something really quick? You know, I I think the, uh, something to really remember is this, you know, we can be upset you know, we can be mad. If, if something doesn't go well, we can we can be upset, we can be mad, because those are true, genuine feelings. The key is you have to be okay, and that's what separates the people that are great at what they do from the people that are average or the people that can never take it to that next step. And um, to say, I mean, a pro golfer, if he misses a putt to win a tournament, you know, he could be upset, but he's got to be okay because he's going to play the next week, and that's that's the difference maker there.
0: I think we'll go to radio Joe Joe any follow up on any of the points that we've covered thus far yes hi Brian thanks for joining us um i got a quick follow-up you you mentioned you know
3: getting enough sleep and I'm on the road I'm on the road a lot and as I get older it's it's harder and harder for me to to get a full night's sleep um it seems like you know I wake up in the middle of the night and I uh, can't go back to sleep, etc. and I know Dr. Wahoo will be on here later, has a little trouble. Do you give any tips to your ball players that are on the road um, on how to get a good night's sleep?
2: Sure. I, th- I think certainly when you're you're talking about that aspect, I mean, that's, that's a normal part of life for us all, right? Whether you have kids, whether you travel for work, um, you know, whether you work long hours. Um... But I think I think the key really is, is is having that grounded life. You know, these other areas of your life and what you do, you know, the the more prepared that you are for something in the cases if you have a meeting, you know, if, if you really know that you're prepared and you can knock it out of the park, I think there's a better chance of you getting a better sleep in those 4 hours you might get than if if you let things slide. So those I think it would be key for those other areas uh, to be even stronger to make sure you can get through that.
0: Okay. Yep. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Let's talk a little bit about something everyone struggles with, and I think that is personal confidence in terms of work and in terms of performance. Do you have any tips for the audience in terms of improving their confidence?
2: Well, I, I can tell you this for sure. You know, a lot of people believe that you can be motivated externally, and you can, but, but that's for a very short time. I mean, you see that with, with people with um, whether it's, you know, money. I mean, think about how many conferences there are, workshops, and you walk into one of those, and people are fired up. You know, camps. You know, you go to a camp, you hear a speaker, you're fired up. But, you know, what happens two weeks after that? You know, people fall off the wagon, and no one can understand why that happens. The truth is that you can you can only be motivated from within. within. I mean, it, it it has to come... Um, from within, and a lot of that has to deal with that preparation. You know, you invested a certain amount of time, and the more time you invest, uh, chances are the results are going to be better.
0: So, you, I mean, it's almost like a, another definition for the word practice, you know, I, I guess. Uh...
2: Yeah, and and again, if we can go back just to the, the mental side of it. You know, I have a lot of, a lot of people come to me, and, you know, they think that there's a certain way – to get to that place where you can have success. And the best example is probably the zone. So whether you're, you're playing a sport or whether it's in business, I mean, we've all been in the zone. And when I ask somebody.
0: What's the zone? How would you define the zone?
2: I, I would define the zone as, as a place where you're just completely present, that you're not really thinking, right? Things are just happening. And when we're talking about the zone, there isn't a how to get there. You know, think, think about, have you ever been in a game and someone yells from the stands, just like last time, to the person who's at bat, right? Or about to shoot that foul shot, uh, you know, or the presentation. We keep going back to it. Hey, just like last time. Well, just like last time was a, was a different time. I mean, this is a new moment. It's a new opportunity. And a lot of times what happens is that we try to force ourselves to that place. But when we do, we find that we're just grinding it out. It's almost like spinning your, your tires in mud. And it keeps you from performing.
0: So the zone is kind of you're clicking on all cylinders, and you're really not. You're performing at a really high level, and you're not really thinking about what you're doing. You're kind of in the moment.
2: Yeah, you're in the moment, and and there's clarity. You know, I mean, there's total clarity. The fact that, um, you know, when we're talking about confidence, this zone that there's no how-to, really, there's just an understanding of the way your mind works in the first place. How does it work? Well, you have these thoughts, right? And the thoughts are, are constantly traveling. So uh, what you have to do is you, you, can't, um, you can't take those negative thoughts and, and force a positive into them. You know, people will say, oh, well, you know, hey, look on the bright side. You know, how many times has someone told you, hey, just think positive? You know, how, how did that work for you? You know, it, it doesn't. And the reason why is when you have a negative thought and you try to replace it with a positive all you're doing is acknowledging that the negative thought was real in the first place. But it's, it, it doesn't have any ability to dictate the player you are, uh, the part, let's, human being. It doesn't have an ability to regulate the human being that you are. So if you can understand that and accept it, a lot of times if you're just still, those things will tend to pass.
0: Okay, cool. Let's talk a little bit about fundamentals. Um, How important are learning good fundamentals in baseball and in business? And, you know, what are the fundamentals?
2: Well, the the fundamentals really are your your bread and butter. You know, if you have good fundamentals in whatever it is that you do, chances are you're going to go in and and you're going to perform and no one's going to walk away saying – wow you know that that wasn't that good okay um are they important they're extremely important and maybe sometimes you know even myself included we tend to try to look past the fundamentals and want to learn the more advanced things the things that are going to separate us the things that are going to make us different but it's having the confidence in those fundamentals from the work that we put in no matter what industry uh that kind of gives us the confidence moving forward as we learn, you know, new material, new concepts.
0: Well, let's go back to the fundamentals. uh, Can you teach yourself the fundamentals, or do you have to learn the fundamentals from someone who is better at the sport or better at the trade or, you know, better at that particular function than you? I mean, can you learn it from watching a tape? You know, can you learn it from watching professional people do it on television or – You know, do you have to have like one-on-one instruction?
2: Well, I never want to discount the fact that you can be self-taught. You know, if if you're putting the time in, uh, you're invested in it, you have a focus there, and maybe even more importantly, a love for something, uh, you can definitely, definitely uh, learn on your own. And it's always encouraged. To your point about whether you need instruction, whether you need a coach, I think that we all do. You know, you want to be around the people that are very, very good at what they do, and if you can uh, do that, I think that th- there's there's a lot of positives. One's, one, you know, you, you're building with building rapport with somebody that you trust. You know, you're developing a relationship, and I think the stronger all of our relationships are, the better off we're going to be as as a player, person, you know, what have you. Um, but you want to be around someone who's going to guide you. You, know, you don't want to be around someone who, uh, you know, for instance, you know, I always say people can come into our facility and I can set up a, a batting tee wherever I want based upon a, a player's swing. And they can hit very well. But I'd be doing them an injustice. The goal is for them to own it so that uh, as they get older, they can make those adjustments on their own.
0: Let's go to Joe. Joe, any follow-up or any comments on, uh, you know, our last couple of questions with Brian?
3: Yeah, I'm curious, Brian, on, on with respect to coaching and, and finding a good coach, what do you recommend for people, you know, obviously you do a lot with baseball, we're looking at um, business coaches, I guess, but I, I assume... What you look for in a coach is going to be similar, whether it's in baseball or in business. What are, what are the key points you suggest people look for?
2: I think one of the ones that stand out right away is, you know, when you're looking for somebody, you, you want to find someone who's willing to continue to learn themselves. You know, someone who's not willing to learn is uh, they're not moving forward. You know, and when you get to the point where you, know, you feel comfortable with the material and the things that they have taught you, I mean, that's – that's the extent. That's that's where you're at. But if you can find someone who is, is looking to grow themselves, I mean the benefits are endless. And I, and I would say that that's very important. You know, my, I myself, you know, I have a few people around me in a, in a couple different industries outside of baseball, and uh, I go to those people. I trust them, but I also know that you know where I can value uh, put the most value is that they're always trying to get better. So I would say that, that that's a really uh, that's a real key. Uh, when you're looking for someone
0: to, to coach you. Okay. Well what do you think, Val? Oh go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry.
3: I was just gonna say, you that I mean, I, I assume you've had someone who was kind of like your business coach. You don't just do baseball, you run a business, uh that happens to evolve you know, revolve around baseball. Um, what did you look for in a business coach and, and do you have just one or do you have you know, I mean, sometimes a coach can only take you so far. Maybe you need to have a, another coach beyond that. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that.
2: Yeah, well, what you do. I mean, you, you need people around you that are going to stimulate your thinking. You know, when we're talking about moving forward, we we have to constantly be looking at ways to adapt, right? Because just like we were talking about our thoughts and how they travel and they're constantly traveling, um, throughout life thing, things are changing. You know, whether it's, you know, my phone might ring right now, you know, and a part of my life might change. Uh, that can be business. It could be, you know, with family. It could be. It could be anything. Um, so, you know, I don't want to limit coaches to to. We'll we'll call them experts. You know, in a certain area. Um, just people in general, and and they can be all around you. I think you just need to be to be open to what you're hearing uh, from them, and uh, kind of just let it hit you how it hits you and then take take what you can from it.
0: You know, it seems to me that if you're going to be self-taught, um, you know, for instance, I never took any golf lessons, and that's kind of why I don't play golf anymore because it wasn't really good at it. And I think what happened is I think I taught myself bad habits. You, know, you just go out to the driving range, and, and you put the ball down, and, you know, no one showed you how to hold the club or what the proper grip was, and, and you start hitting balls. And I guess word is like, muscle – memory and you know how does like the brain tie into I mean, how do you break a bad habit i guess
2: uh well you know well let's just say that good habits are just as hard to break as bad habits right okay. and that's that's what i always tell uh anybody uh, that i'm working with but you you have to put in the re- the reps but but they have to be correct you know i emphasize whenever i'm doing something you know talking about baseball is a mirror Right? You could buy a mirror at a, at a Target for $10. And a lot of the movements and the things that we teach, I, tell, I teach kids different drills to do them in front of the mirror. Because the mirror's not going to lie. You're able to look in the mirror, see what it looks like. Once you see that it's right, you can feel what it's supposed to feel like. And then that guides you as you move away from that mirror to be in a position that you, you need to be to succeed, you know, whether it's fundamentals, whether it's something advanced. And, and to this day, I, I have to tell you this, that I walk into my parents' living room, and they have a, a large mirror on the wall. I don't even realize it, but I still do some of those same drills. And my mom said, she said to me, she said to me probably about a month ago, she goes, things never change. And I said, what, what are you talking about? She goes, I'm trying to have a conversation with you, and I know that you're listening to me, but you just keep swinging that imaginary baseball bat. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So it's become, it's become part of me, and, and that's the key to, to getting better.
0: Joe, is it okay to break the – or a final comment before we break for halftime?
3: No, go ahead. Let's go to halftime. Please. Okay, thanks. Th-
0: thanks, Joe. We'd like to acknowledge our association sponsors.
1: Thanks to our association sponsors, the National Air Duct Cleaners Association, NADCA, is the leading authority for information on HVAC inspection, cleaning, and restoration. Visit NADCA at www.nadca.com.
0: The Indoor Air Quality Association, IAQA, a nonprofit, multidisciplinary organization dedicated to promoting the exchange of indoor environmental information through education and research. Visit them at www.iaqa.org. And thanks to our advertisers,
1: Gray Wolf Sensing Solutions, who use advanced sensor software technology and embedded computers to provide superior environmental test instrumentation. Visit them at
0: wolfsense.com legends environmental insurance services the experts in insurance for environmental consultants and contractors for over 20 years learn about them at legends enviro.com and of course our marquee sponsors
1: net claims now providing insurance billing services for the restoration industry for fire water mold and reconstruction billing learn more about them at www.netclaimsnow.com
0: Indoor Environment Connections, the newspaper for the IAQ industry. Subscriptions and advertising information are available at ieconnections.com John Don Products, where restoration and
1: abatement contractors shop. Visit them at
0: www.johndon.com Clean Facts and Cleaning and Maintenance Management Magazine, your source for cleaning and maintenance news. Visit them at clean, dot com and cmmonline.com. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of IEQ Radio when you inquire about their services and products. Okay. Joe, um, you have some news for our listeners?
3: I do, but I just wanted to... Let people know I'm at the Nadca the National Air Duct Cleaners their Fall Technical Conference. It's it's been a great conference and the the board directors here have been very uh, very welcoming and it's great to have them as a sponsor on the show as well. And I, and I wanted to you know it's it's funny we're talking about baseball and, and business and how you know sometimes I guess the uh, the program you think is going to be something that yeah you know it's going to be okay I'll go I'll check it out but sometimes they turn out to be the best ones and, and that happened to me this morning there was a, a program on the on the schedule here and it was um you know how to take pictures how, how to take photographs and document a project and I, I kind of thought well you know I guess you know photo documentation I know how to photo document you know I'm, I've been doing this for 25 years my my eyes were opened up. Uh, Richard Lance, who's on the board here, he, he did a great job of um, doing, you know, of showing you the step by step process for how to photo document a project. It, it was a, an eye opener, and one of the things I learned that I, I think was very valuable for the listeners is there's a uh, a product product it's at www.ieye.fi. dot So it's iFi i dot and you can take your photos with it, whether it's with your your phone or your camera. And if you have access to a Wi-Fi, you can automatically, as you're taking these photos, have them uploaded to the Wi-Fi, and then downloaded to your office or to your client's office wherever they're at in the country. And it happens in real time as you take that photo. It Automatically downloads it, and it's free. You just have to buy the right—you uh, have to buy the the card, the little SD card, I guess they call it—that you put into your camera or into—I'm not sure how they do it with the phone. You put that card in, it's a special card, it automatically uploads. So let's say you're not on a job but you're on vacation and you want your kids to see the photos of you at the Grand Canyon or something like that. It'll automatically email them right to their inbox. It's just it's fascinating stuff. So I can see how you know if you've ever been on a job and you're trying to explain to your partner or your supervisor, well, we've got this, you know, this problem in this corner of the room and I wish you could see it. Well, let me take a picture of it, and then I'll I'll download the picture onto my my computer here, and I'll send you an email with the picture. Well, this does it in real time, and uh, it's just one of the many tips that you gave for how to do a better job of photo-documenting your projects. Uh, Great great educational experience here with the NADCA people. Um, I think they're doing a great job of helping their members be more efficient out in the field.
0: So that's my tip for today, Cliff. All right, Joe, continue to enjoy the Windy City, and uh, we'll be back to you in a a couple of minutes for uh, additional comments. IAQ Radio would like to extend our best wishes for a quick and complete recovery to Lydia Lapotere, who unfortunately was seriously injured while uh, making a home inspection. Uh, Husband John's a, a great listener, and Frequent winner of of trivia, and uh, actually won today. (laughs) And then he went to spend time with his lovely wife in the hospital. So our best wishes to her, and uh, hopefully uh, you know she'll she's coming back home on Monday, and that's real good news. Okay, let's get back to Brian and uh, continue on our our, our interview. You know, I went to your website and getting ready for the interview, and actually the reason that I wanted to interview you is I know. Uh, personally, two of the people whose children that you coach, and i'm familiar with the uh, dramatic uh, improvement that you've made in their game and when I went to the website there there were a couple of things that I thought were kind of unique and that I'd never really thought about you know one was the size of home plate, and I'd like you to kind of just comment first on the size of home plate.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that, you know, when you hear it, you really think, wow, that, that's common sense. But we don't tend to think about it when we have younger kids and as they get older. But, you know, I have a lot of kids that come in and they, they stand really close to home plate, which is fine if they're comfortable there. The, the issue is, is as they grow, the plate doesn't. It stays the same. So, you know, without getting too crazy here as explaining the, the strike zone and all those types of things, uh, as they get older – and they get taller, their strike zone changes, so when if they're gonna stand there, they have to make adjustments and I see a lot of kids who are really good players that they're so close that until they make that adjustment, you don't see them playing the way that they should because they are that they're that good of a player um but it's it's something that people don't don't uh, realize too often, and it's something very good to know, everybody.
0: And I, you know, I, the other thing that I thought was unique and different, and uh, actually, uh, one of the, the parents of children that, that you coach was explaining to me, is you you have this photograph of this plate, and there are seven baseballs that are on it, and I think it's really a, a unique way of of looking at a at a common problem. And I would just like you to kind of just comment on just unique training skills.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this this came from conversations with um, a cousin of mine who is is just he he's a hitting guru, and we'd sit and we'd talk for hours. And you know what it comes down to is a lot of kids they don't understand what's a strike and what's not a strike. So what we're looking to do is just to simplify it for them. So instead of saying, well, this pitch is inside, you need to hit it here. This pitch is outside, you need to hit it here. We say to them, hey, did you know that the plate is seven baseballs wide? They're like, wow, seven. So we're making it smaller for them. And then then it's from there is, well, we need to find out where we can hit each one of these seven baseballs to the best of our ability. We're going to have to hit them when they're elsewhere too. But imagine what you could do if you knew where to hit each one of those optimally. And we talk about confidence. I mean, imagine how confident you would be going up to the plate knowing, I don't care how good that pitcher is today. He could have his best stuff. But you know what? I know my strike zone. I know who I am, and if they tell me that he throws, you know, a ridiculous curveball on the outside part of the plate, I know where I need to get into position to hit that. And uh, so, you know, that's that's what we're trying to do, and we're trying to do it not trying. me, We're doing it with kids that are they're six years old, you know, five and six years old. And if I could just uh, elaborate on that real quick, is yeah, the, the fact that you know, as we get older, we become more literal, right? You know, if I I were to tell you, and for everybody out there, there's not really a monster underneath uh, the the table here at the studio. But if I were to say that to you, you would probably say, uh, okay, Brian, um, you know, it was good having you on the show. Uh, We'll see you. You know, and uh, okay, we'll see you later. But if I told that to a five- or a six-year-old, they'll believe it, you know? So if if we can take – and people will say, well, don't – they're too young to learn these concepts I say not if we put it in their terms. If we can simplify it, make it fun, and put it in their terms, that's the age where they're really a sponge. I mean, we're really setting them up for success and a foundation to build upon.
0: Cool. Anything else on unique training skills? Uh, really,
2: maybe the physical movements. Okay. You know, people come in and you know, as far as stretching. You know, there's a proper way to stretch, but I always explain that we don't do anything uh, that doesn't have a purpose. So if if we're going to spend 10 or 15 minutes stretching, I'm going to explain the the why we are doing what we are doing. Uh, and the biggest part about that is I explain, I, I can't tell a kid to do certain things if they don't understand. And we do that all the time. I mean, myself included. I catch myself sometimes. I can't tell a kid to get his elbow up. I can't tell him when to put his foot down. If I ask him, hey, are you doing that? And he says, I I really am. I believe them. So I always say the faster they learn about their body, how it works, how it moves, the faster they can get better. They're going to grow on a steeper path rather than on a a slow gradual grade.
0: Joe, any comment on unique training skills? I know Joe's a high school basketball coach and, you know, part-time.
3: Well, I'm glad you you like stretching because I think that's vital, and and I try to explain to the to the guys why we do stretching. A lot of it's injury prevention, but also uh, more flexible athletes, better athletes. So I like that comment, and i um, you know I, I like to tie in what you're talking about to you know training your employees. Um, you know when, when you're training your employees, sometimes we just tell them just do it this way. We don't always explain to them why you do it that way and i I guess that's kind of what i got out of what you just said is would that would that be accurate
2: absolutely i mean whether you know you're you're training someone say in sales right And, and the big thing in sales is you know you got a prospect you got a cold call you go to these meetings you know why why should we have to look at at a certain type of script and try to make it ours when we're plenty good enough i mean we all have attributes that that will help us succeed so you know from baseball I, I put kids in the box all the time and i stand out by the pitcher's mound i go in i say all right we're going to switch spots i go out, they go out to the pitcher's mound i said is there anything wrong with where or how you stand i get answers that are yes i get answers that are no but i ask them why and never has a kid really said no there's nothing wrong because this is who i am and that's what we're we're going for you know, if if you have employees, you want them to take ownership. You want them to be who they are, um, and know that they belong.
3: You know, I think the most I like that technique too. I think maybe taking, I like to try to have people teach each other. You know, so what I'll do is have the kids look at each other, and uh, when I'm doing basketball, or when we're doing uh, training for people that are, you know, doing something like building a containment or cleaning an area. I like to let them kind of work with each other in small groups and talk to each other about how they do it and share tips and and give them that little different perspective from from someone that is you know doing the same kind of work they're doing and I think that's a big part of why these conferences like the one I'm at right now are so successful. Um, it's not always what you're learning in the classroom, but a lot of times it's what you're learning outside of the classroom when you're mixing and mingling with a lot of people that are in the same kind of business as you.
2: Yeah, I think I think you're right on, Joe. You know, we do small group workouts, and, and before we even begin, I always explain the fact that, hey, there might be one kid that's working on a certain movement, but the value in the other three kids sitting with me and us talking about it is even better than them up there taking the swing themselves sometime. So I think you're spot on with that, and I, I also think that, I mean, you could probably attest to this then, you know you're creating leaders right you know i have I have a kid right now he's he's 12 years old you know he's been with us for four years. Well, when there's a kid in there that's seventeen or eighteen years old, I can pull this 12 year old aside and do it in a constructive way where I say, hey, you know what um we were just talking about you know say it was the the how many balls wide the plate is you know could you could you share a little bit more about you know how it's benefited you you know or some keys to it? Well, when that 12-year-old goes and does that, the first time he's a little nervous, but that's only because he cares, right? But after that, I mean, think about what that kid believes. I mean, when you believe in people, I mean, it's amazing what you can do. So, yeah, great, great point, Joe.
0: You know, I, I thought the most important thing that you said and, you know, my takeaway from your, your comment was simplify, fun, and on their terms. And I think that it's really a great way to teach people. Uh, Because oftentimes I think things are too complicated and you really need to get down to, you know, simplify fun on their terms. Uh,
2: Willie Stargell said play ball, not work ball.
0: There you go.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Let's talk a little bit. Quick
3: question for you, Brian. I'm sorry, Cliff. You mentioned Willie Stargell. Who happened to be my favorite player all time. Who was your favorite baseball player all time?
2: Uh... I would say my dad but he 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 played only in little league but he was my favorite player. No uh there's you know, there's there's a, there's a couple of players out there that I I think um are just just unbelievable players. Uh I I wasn't around to see Roberto Clemente play live uh but I've seen tape and uh I mean what a remarkable athlete but you're a remarkable person too. So, you know, when I when I kind of think of my favorite players you know, I tend to think on, on the on the grand scale, and um, I'd have to say Roberto Clemente.
0: I would agree. I think he was definitely my favorite player, and I did, you know, th- uh, have the privilege of seeing him play. It, but you know, when it came to hitting, I don't know who his hitting coach was because he was definitely a bad ball hitter. I mean, he would swing it and, and hit all kinds of crazy pitches. I mean, was unbelievable. Sure, and
2: I think probably with Roberto. He believed he could do it right you know people probably tried to change it and i and you know going back to what we said at the beginning look they you have to be who you are you know you're not a robot you know, whether you're you're an employee to a company or you know you're a player that walks into our facility to work with us i tell people i want you to be you we'll guide you we'll add some things here and there but if if you're comfortable a certain way but let, let's see we'll make
0: it work you know i would suspect that some people that come to you for uh, coaching, you know, for their kids have a limited budget. So, I mean, they can only afford, you know, so many classes per week or so many, uh, you know, classes per month or, you know, so many sessions. So I guess it's kind of like coaching on a budget and I guess winning in, in business on a limited budget, you know, kind of back to the Billy Bean thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd like some commentary on that if you could.
2: Um, well... Yes, every dollar matters. You know, and when we're looking at it, you know, in, in our terms, I always speak with, with parents or coaches beforehand, you know, making sure that the, the child isn't around to know, you know, what are their expectations? You know, how often do they look to be doing this? Because we want to adapt it and make it work for them because we understand it's just, it's just reality. You know, some people might not be f- as fortunate to be having the one-on-one sh- instruction as much. Uh, then when they come in, uh, we we do a bunch of checkpoints, but when it's done, I always say to them, and this might be against the, the typical sales sales norm that we're taught to close, but I highly recommend that they go home and that they talk about it, you know, that the kid is, feels that it's a comfortable environment, that they uh, feel that I'll communicate in the right way. You know, ultimately, it's it's about them. And I, I say that because we're talking about value. If I'm not the right person then I I I want them to be somewhere that is, and and I think that that's only fair. And in business, it's it's the same way. You know, when you're talking about a limited budget, you're you're thinking about how can we get the most out of what we we have.
0: You know, what I'd like to do is, um, you know, I noticed the name in your biography, Howard Fine, and I really personally hadn't heard of who he was and. I just figured I would go and I would kind of check him out, and I found out that he is a very, very serious uh, acting coach. And you know, having the opportunity to work with him and interact with him and have him do some mentoring for you, I, I would just like you to you know do some comment on some of the things that you you know learned from working with Howard.
2: Okay. Well, first of all, Howard, I, I know you'll be listening, so hello. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, to, to talk about Howard, fine. Just just real quick, because I, I didn't know who he was. Either at a time, and I was in California, and I was at a conference, and and there was a talent manager there, and um, I just thought that I would pick her brain after this conference a little bit for some advice, and here she thought she knew who I was, which she she didn't. I assured her that she didn't, but we went on to talk. Brad
0: Pitt's younger brother. (laughs) Yeah, she she thought I
2: was Brad Pitt's younger brother, (laughs) which I am. No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Yeah, so we 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 went out to the the hotel lobby, and we were just you know discussing some things, and she asked me about the business, and she said. Uh, you know, do you want to do some stuff? And I said, oh, uh, I mean, I'd be open to it, knowing that she was legit. She goes, okay, call me Monday. So I called her Monday. First thing she said to me was, all right, if you're in, you're going to Howard Fine. And I said, what you just said, who's Howard Fine? But Howard Fine is, he's he's one of the top acting coaches in Hollywood. Uh, He's worked with numerous people, including Brad Pitt. Um, But more importantly, he's a great person. I mean, you know, the friendship that we've had over... Uh, the last six years, um, he's one of those people that's a mentor to me, you know, that I go to for advice, and uh, just an all-around great guy, and the things I learned from him about human behavior, I mean, that's that's a third of, third of our business, you know, understanding human behavior, why we do the things that we do, and if we're able to teach that, uh, it's a lot easier, a lot easier uh, for our players to get better.
0: Yeah, can you just give a couple of, of examples of, you know, how you can influence or change uh, or improve someone's human behavior?
2: Um, I'm trying to think of uh, a really a really good one here. I know one thing he used to always say is not to justify, and and I'll use that just because we all justify in one way or another so in we our screw lives. Up and, you know, we're well, yeah, we, an excuse, right? yeah, and even if we know we're wrong, don't we want to be like, uh, yeah, Cliff, but uh, this this is what this is why I did what, what I did. And he would always say, you can't do that. If it's wrong, it's wrong. And if you're going to justify, you're going to get stuck, you know, and you can't move forward. So with our players, you know, we have players that come in sometimes and and they'll tell me, hey, they had three hits out of four at-bats. Oh, but, Brian, you know, the the fourth at-bat, I mean, it was a bad pitch and they called it a strike. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa,
3: whoa, 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 whoa.
2: You know, because automatically, right? I mean, they're looking for my approval that it was okay. And really, it is okay, but not for those reasons, because later on, at some point, it's going to bind them up, right? And it's going to keep them from moving forward, and, and maybe not baseball, but another area of their their life.
0: You know,
3: can you... I think that's a great, great tip. I, I like that a lot, Brian. Uh, don't justify We all do it, you're right. I know I do it. It's hard not to do it, but I think if you... If, one of the things that we do here, and uh, obviously you're going with your players, is to try and um, kind of point out those things that should be obvious but aren't always obvious, and you know, making excuses or justifying things because something. Uh, Change the way you are going to do it, or something got in the way. I, I, I think you're right. Most people don't, or Howard's right. Most people don't want to hear that, and it's really a waste of time and energy. So I, I think that's a great point. Sorry, yes. Cliff. Go ahead.
0: No, no, Joe. I, I mean, that's why we co-host. Yeah. You know, the problem is what what our guests don't realize is you're there and I'm there. and We can't see each other. We're not in the studio together. And you know, we've been doing the show long enough that we kind of know how the other person thinks, which is which is <laughs> a good thing about partnership, I guess. Brian, what does this statement, borrowing strength builds weakness, mean to you?
2: Uh, well, it means a lot. It certainly means a lot, and it goes hand in hand with everything we're talking about today. Uh, let's just take what uh, Joe mentioned. You know, When we're, we're talking to, to anybody, players, employees, we want them to understand the why. I always say you can go anywhere to learn, but if someone can't explain the why to you to make it yours, you know, run for the hills. And this, this comment of borrowing strength builds weaknesses is, is one that I heard years ago. And basically it just means is when you're in a, in a position and someone is, you're continually borrowing strength from somebody. So it could be, maybe it's, you know, let's look at sales. Maybe you're not, you're a little short of your budget at the end of the month. And management says, well, look, we're going to do this for you. You worked hard." We're going to help you hit it. So they do, right? Well, the next month you're short. And the next month. The more and more you go to somebody else, there's going to come a time when maybe management's different. And you, you haven't had that experience to where you can handle it yourself. So essentially you're weak. You know, in baseball, it's a matter of you know the, the strike zone letting a, letting a player pick up the batting tee when we're talking about contact points and when they set it on the plate and where they should hit those seven baseballs right you know if i move it what what does it really do for them if they move it to the wrong place and i know it i let them move it again it's about that value you know i don't want them to borrow that strength from me i want them to be able to do it on their own as they move on you know in their journey
0: yeah but i think also you know if how would how would um freedom from dependence on a coach help one of your athletes in business or in life
2: well uh, we take the same you know we we change the situa- situation around a little bit you know imagine if you know you were going on job interviews right and and you go in and you sit down and You know, someone is, and there's nothing wrong with this, someone has helped get you the opportunity to be in a room with somebody.
0: Right.
2: Well, you know, let's face it, in some situations, things work out because of just that. But what happens when, you know, there's an opportunity provided for you, you go in, you sit down, it doesn't go all that well, and and you couldn't handle it in a moment because you've always relied on that outside source for for that help. So it doesn't do you any good in the long run. Does that answer your question, I'm Well, I, I, I
0: think. That, let me sum it up. So this, you know, when you've succeeded as a coach, when you know the player gets out of the nest, you know, it's essentially that you know they've gone on, they've uh, you know they've made the high school team, they've gotten the scholarship for college. Perhaps they've you know gone into the pros and they didn't need you every step along the way. Is is, is that? Sum it up. That's
2: exactly it. You said it. They got it. They received it. I'd much rather get the phone call where a kid calls me up and says, "Hey, Brian, I'm going to school for free." Right? You know, I mean, what would that mean to a parent if if that's what happened? You You know, uh, or hey, Brian, there's tickets at Will Call. I'm in town. There's tickets at Will Call for you. People will tell me that that's bad for business, but do you really think? I mean, how fair would it be to say, okay, accept that call where that person's going? i'm in trouble i need your help right i mean there's something to be said for that
0: no i think know? there's everything to be said for that yeah. joe
3: comment I, I i agree i'm still back on the justify thing <laughs> 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 that was that was sweet because you know you, you've got a client and um obviously there's always obstacles in your way in completing a task you know and and you get a little behind for whatever reason that client doesn't want to hear what got in your way and why you didn't do this and why you didn't do that. They, they want to know what you're going to do to complete the task and, and they don't want to waste time on hearing you justify why you're not at that point. And, and and you're going to look much better, um, to them if, if you never go down that road. I just think that was a really key point here. And, uh, uh, I'm really glad we brought you on, know, Brian, and we were able to get that point out because I, I think, I know I forget about it from time to time, and, and I know others do as well, and, and I think we'll all look much better to our clients if we do our best to never justify. Uh, I just felt like that was a great comment.
0: I think Thank Roxy you. V's got a comment here or question. Go ahead, Rox.
3: Yeah, uh, Brian, you said that people try too hard to get into the zone. Um, what would be your tip on how to get into the zone and not try too hard?
2: (laughs) Well, it's a a great question, and and it's very difficult for us not to try to do something, right, to to, to try hard for it. I would just say this to you. You know, I talked about understanding of the way your mind works. You know, if I were to say to you, it it will make us a math problem. Here, now we're involved in math. You take any situation and you add to that an insecure mindset, a negative mindset, you know, what would that equal to you? Yeah. It it would be be
4: worse. Right. Worse,
2: failure, destruction, all these Mm -hmm. things. But I would tell you that really all any situation plus an insecure mindset equals, it's just an illusion of a problem because there, there really isn't a problem. You know, I mean, you, you are where you're at and you're attempting to do something. Now, if you took any situation plus a positive mindset, now all you have is clarity, right? You have solutions. And that's why sometimes in the workplace, people can be overwhelmed. We've all been overwhelmed in our lives. We've all been overwhelmed to the point where we've said, I have no idea how I'm going to get this all done. And then someone come to us with a huge problem on top of everything else we had to do, and we said, it's all good. Right? Right? <laughs> in right, right. And, and truth. And, and so it's, it's more of understanding that that's, that's okay. That's the way things work. That's the way our mind works.
1: It's all
3: perspective, really, you know, kind of. It is. It's
2: perspective, and uh, believe me, things change a lot when you allow yourself to to embrace that rather than try to grind it out or run from it. Cool.
0: Hey, Cliff. Yes.
3: I got to run. Okay. Uh, But I just wanted to say thank you, Brian. We appreciate you coming on, and uh, I look forward to hopefully meeting you sometime in in the Pittsburgh area.
2: Sounds good, Joe. Me too. Thanks for having me. Okay.
3: Take care. Thanks, Cliff Pal. Talk to you
0: soon. Okay. Okay, thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. All right.
1: Move 'em on, hit 'em up, hit 'em up, move 'em on, move 'em on, hit 'em up, raw high. Cut 'em out, ride 'em in, ride 'em in, let him out, cut 'em out, out, cry-em in,
3: Raw. ho.
0: Okay, Brian what I didn't tell you is this is this part of the show that we call the roundup we all kind of come on and ask one question and we're we'll bringing on our technical director dr. Dietrich Weil for either a question or a comment go ahead Dieter well uh, it's not a question It's certainly comments as usual
4: <laughs> no doubt about it and uh, <clears throat> you know you know I'm an engineer and uh, quote scientist. I listened very carefully and, of course, I, there are a couple of issues uh, with which I uh, strongly disagree. And um, I think I have evidence uh, uh, out there. I'm, I don't have any numbers, and I certainly am not going to look it up. But I would say that the majority of Nobel Prize uh, winners were not baseball players. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and um, I learned a lot of things from my parents. Apparently, many students don't learn much from their parents anymore. <coughs> they are out working or something like that. I also learned something from my grandmother, who beat the heck out of me when I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And uh, I do not believe that winning is the only thing uh, that is there in this world. We have a coach, and we give our trophies with his name on it, and yeah. You know, winning is the only thing if you have to kill your grandma and your mother that's okay you know the main thing is that you win i grew up and i hope hopefully i taught my students that winning is not everything i play tennis i'm probably in the top 10 million dollars 10 million (laughs) dollars in the top 10 million in this world i'm pretty sure i'm in the top 10 million and i'm having a lot of fun playing tennis and uh yeah my 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 game compared to the pros is i mean forget it um so there, there i i um i disagree with this I think there are other ways by uh, in which you can use to teach young people on what to do <coughs> My father always told me that you have to learn to make decisions. If you make a wrong decision, that be, it's fine. Then you can make another decision. <laughs> Excuse me, I just was eating a soup, and something went down the wrong pipe. Here we go. So uh, that works uh, for me quite nicely. And uh, God knows I made a ton of mistakes, and I also learned from them. And some of those mistakes were bad decisions. But since I learned how to make a decision, um, I could make another decision which would remedy the bad decision I made before. So I don't. Uh, I. I. I uh, sometimes I think we are overdoing this winning. And in sports, let the kid be a kid, not a semi-pro. Let the student be a student, not a football player. And we know that the majority of football players are not good students. They are there because they have to make money for the university and pay the millions of dollars for the coach. Uh, I disagree with that, by the way. When I played soccer in Germany, uh, we played in a stadium. There were about between 15 and 20 people watching us. We didn't have a coach. We didn't have... We didn't have any jerseys. We didn't have any uniforms. Are you kidding? The one team played with a shirt on and the other one without a shirt, and that was it. And the next half, we t- switched it around. So I, I think we have to be careful over there. Yes, can we learn something from uh, team sports? Yes, we can, no doubt about it. But I think we should not overdo it, and I quit right there. And I'm sure everybody disagrees with me but that wouldn't be the first time.
0: Okay, would oh. you like to... Go ahead.
2: Yeah, right. sure. Doctor, f- first of all, I, w- I appreciate you bringing, um, you know, bringing that, that comment up, and um, hopefully in no way did, did, did I come across as...
4: Oh, uh, I, I, as I, I as don't as... attack you at all. I just... and uh, 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 You are not the unique person in the United States who is the only one who thinks that way. I have a lot of American friends as you may tell from my accent, I'm German, and that's where I grew up. And uh, uh, so uh, 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 that 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 we have to keep in mind.
2: Yeah, and I, I would say, you know, from the beginning when we're talking about this, it's always about the development of the, the player, but most importantly the person. You know, when people come in and, and they tell me, hey, you know, uh, should my kid quit basketball or should they quit football? I tell them immediately, no. I mean, I grew up in a house where I played baseball, hockey, soccer. We, we did it all, and that was encouraged by my parents, and I think that's a reason why I didn't get burned out and a reason why you know I want to kind of pay that forward and, and, and help others. So first and foremost to me, uh, it is. It's about the development of the player, um, winning in general. As we know, as, as I know we talked about competition earlier, it's a natural part of life. Um, but most importantly, you know, what kind of person are we becoming? So, I, I agree with you that winning is not everything. Um, and I can assure you, in the, teach, or the teams that I've coached, we have never talked about winning games. Never. And we've had a lot of successful teams. You
0: know, I think also going back to who your favorite player is, you know, and, and uh, you, know, so, you know, I think we share that, that, you know, one of the things that Roberto Clemente was, was a great player and a great humanitarian, and I think much different than uh, the people that we have today, because I'll be very honest with you, Uh, I've lost respect for much in professional sports, because, you know, it's now all about money, and it's all about winning, and it's all about you know, the Yankees and paying these people more money and you know like all this other stuff and strikes and unions. It's really it's really not the way uh, sure. and, to, that it used to be.
2: And, and if I could also add, think about it, if, if you're training a player, right, or you're helping guide them and they want to do one thing and one thing only, if that doesn't work out, all you really have is a human being who doesn't know how to do anything else, that does that cannot add any other value or they might be able to, but they question their ability to do it because they've been so limited. So that, that's the importance of getting that exposure in all, all areas of sports, all areas of your life, um, you know, and as, as a coach and as a mentor, hope, you know, helping guide them to that place. Okay. Val? Uh, yeah, Brian, we always like to give our guests the last word. Is there any final comment
1: that you would like to add? And also, if our listeners want to get in touch with you, how would they do that?
2: Okay. Well, um, first of all, I I guess the last thing I wanna I wanna say is just just to keep in mind that no matter where you're at today, you know whether you're an athlete, um, you're a dad, you're a mom, you know you're um, whatever it is that you're doing. Just remember that you know our life is is constant, but our life situations are neutral, and it can get very. It's a simple subject that can get very complex. But if you allow yourself to, to understand that, uh, it's very beneficial moving on in your life as you, as you deal and respond to things around you. Uh, with that, if, if you'd like to get in touch with us, which we'd love for you to, to, to check us out, um, you can go to trainingcamp.com. How do you spell it? I was just going to say, and it's camp with a K. So you have training, K-A-M-P.com. Uh You can send us an email there. You can give us a call at 412-848-8366, and uh, if anything, you know, we have a blog that we do uh, each day, and it's designed just to teach. You know, there's, there's, you know, no ulterior moves, nothing. It's just whether you're a client of ours or not, you know, we're looking to, to help to get that information out there, to share it. Um, you know, in, in a way that, that could help you if, if maybe you're not able to come in and see us.
0: So they would find the blog on the website?
2: You would find the blog right on the website, trainingcamp.com, camp with a K, and uh, just click on blog, and there's, there's a blog each day.
0: Okay. Before we leave, we want to thank today's guest, Brian Barca, my co-host, Radio Joe Hughes, our engineer, Val Bender, our technical director, Dr. Dietrich Wow. But most importantly, we want to thank you, our growing audience of loyal listeners, Please come back next week and join us Friday at noon for the next broadcast of IAQ Radio. Next week's guest is Larry Carlson from Thermostore. See you next week. has been another IAQ Radio production.